Keep It 100 Sports. What's up, everybody? It's Keep It 100 Sports, and it's finally time. It is March Madness. We're going to give you our picks today, but first, William's got the question we of the day. We got the question of the day. And as we preview our March Madness, Gonzaga will aim to be the first number one overall seed to win the national title in some time. When was the last time a number one overall seed won the national title? Was it A, 1976 Indiana? Was it B, 2013 Louisville? Was it C, 2019 Virginia? Or was it D, 2012 Kentucky? And we'll get back to that at the end of the show. But first, let's get into the NFL. We have some news. Obviously, free agency opened up this week. And we had the retirement of one of the great quarterbacks in NFL history in Drew Brees. So, Jacob, do you consider Drew Brees to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's and the Joe Montana's of the world? I do. If you look at every major statistical category, Drew Brees is either first or second, and I think that is definitely, I don't know what word you just used. That was a Upper echelon? Yeah, that's an SAT word right there. That's an SAT word. But I think he's up there definitely with the best, and anyone that says otherwise. Like Max Kellerman? Yeah, well, he's an idiot. Idiot. He never knows what he's doing. I want Iguodala. Yeah, he's an idiot. I don't understand how he talks How is he employed right now? Well, he's at ESPN, so that makes sense. Don't sleep on Stephen A. Stephen A. Actually, is I like a, Stephen A. He's growing on me. He used to like yell just random stuff, but now I feel like he actually kind of knows what he's Sometimes, talking about. Sometimes, but then he there's other times when he said that Kyrie Irving should retire, and Kyrie Irving's pretty good. And still. then he, and then later he tells him he's an MVP candidate. So what about you, Colt? What do you think about Drew Brees? Obviously, I don't really care too much because you know I'm not a Saints fan. Uh, William, you have a pretty big shoe to fill in a quarterback position with that. I did see where they signed Taysom Hill though. I was going to ask you on what you think they're going to do with the quarterback situation with Taysom Hill or James Winston. So obviously Sean Payton announced the other day that they were going to have a quarterback competition between Taysom Hill and James Winston as James has signed a contract. I believe it was last night. The I think the details were $12 million a year. I think it was a one-year deal. It is. Um, it is. So they said they were going to have a quarterback competition, and I do believe that Jameis Winston will be the week one starter if that's how they go. Now, I would love to see us go get a Russell Wilson or even a Deshaun Watson. Russ isn't going anywhere. But I don't know if that's probable or even possible. Because we didn't even see too much of Winston during the regular season. We only would see Hill. That's right. That's what I was wondering. Right. That's the question is because Taysom Hill was really aggressively average in those games. (laughs) He fumbled in every single game he started in. And I think we played the Broncos. They didn't have a starting quarterback. They had Kendall Hinton at quarterback. I think we beat him by like, I don't know. He struggled early in the game. He is a tool guy. He is is a guy that's going to come in and and he's going to run the ball. And he's he's, a Swiss Army knife. But I don't think kind of like is that uh, Florida's Emory Jones Jones. exactly. Yes, I do. I do think he is that. I don't think he could be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. That I I could be wrong, but I don't think he could. Based on what he's done so far, and most people say he would be correct. Yes, and Jameis Winston has shown glimpses of being a good quarterback. (laughs) Glimpses. He's thrown five thousand yards. He threw third touchdowns. No, he did throw thirty interceptions. His training methods are a little weird, but you know they are. But (laughs) I do give credit to Drew Brees, though. Uh, Like Jacob said, obviously a Hall of Famer, one of the best. Yeah, he'll be he'll he'll be a unanimous uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. So I'll turn this question back on you, William. Do you think that Drew Brees is the top quarterback of all time? I do. Um, I would rank him probably at the very least top five. At the very least, I would put him probably third or fourth, depending on whether or not I would put Montana there. Like you said, he's he's one or two in every single major statistical category. He's the most accurate quarterback of all time, and he's played most of his career with a mediocre, if not bad, defense. 
we're talking about defenses that were ranked in the 30s every single year for a span of probably three or four years. And not many weapons all the time no. either. Marquise Colson was, was our number one receiver. For, Jimmy Graham was there for a while. He was there. He was good with us. But when you talk about receive, obviously he fell off. I was really upset. That's obviously getting off on a little tangent. A little upset with that when we traded him for Max Unger. But after that, he really was never the same. But Marquise Colson, he was a good receiver. He never made a Pro Bowl. He did have Reggie Bush for a few years. He did have Darren Sproles, but he never had a a Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins or some of these quarterbacks, some of the greats. You look at Tom Brady with Randy Moss, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, um, Peyton Manning with Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Drew Brees never really had that guy till late in his career with Michael Thomas, and by then he was already declining. Look at this guy. He's he's five eleven, six foot. He's defied all odds. I do think he's top five, and he ain't five. Continuing on in NFL free agency, the Patriots decided they were going to go out and spend one hundred and seventy-six million dollars. Everyone. I signed every free agent, just picked up Hunter Henry. So now they have the top tight ends that were in the I thought that agency. was interesting. They signed the Eagles, safety, and Jalen Mills. Matt Judon. I like that signing a lot. That defense is only getting stronger. They're already mm. very good. Take a little bit more pressure off Cam Newton. Yeah. Can signing Cam Newton back, too. We'll see. You know, this was I read somewhere it's low risk, high reward. Yeah. Once again. It's a prove-it deal. Um, see if he can get back to that form, even if it's it's 60% of that MVP form he had with Carolina. Obviously, like I said last podcast, they, they were looking to get Jimmy G. That was their reported number one option, but plans have changed. I'm really interested to see how they, they handle this, t- if they're going to have a two-tight-end system with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, because I can't imagine having one of them on the bench, because no. they're two just different makers. They'll have to. But they also signed Nelson Aguilar, who had a solid season. They did. Uh, not, a, not he's, he's a wide receiver too. They yeah. have Jacoby Myers already too, and then in the backfield, Damian Harris kind of shined this year. I mean, if there was Rex one, Burkhead yeah, wasn't bad. Sony Michelle is coming back for an injury, so hey, Bill Belichick had one mediocre season and decided he was gonna sign everyone. We'll in the see. NFL. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced on Cam Newton. I'm not convinced on their running back room, and I'm really not convinced on their wide receivers. To be honest, I think they'll surprise some people this year, man. I, I thought they were gonna do well last year, and they proved me wrong. I need to see them go get a a guy where Cam Newton can give it to him, right? And uh, obviously this isn't true, but Allen Robinson, someone Kenny like Kenny Galladay, right? One of those guys where if you need twelve yards, you can get it to him, and he's going to make a play. Well, I mean, it seems like they're playing Madden with no no cap on. So right. Colt, your Redskins picked up Fitz Magic, man. That's good. This would be a heck of a quarterback battle right there, Heineke and Fitz Magic. Uh, I wasn't too excited about it. Obviously, bringing a vet, you can't really go too wrong with it because he can still show, you know, some pointers and everything like that. But I still just, I'm sold on Heineke. I think you guys are too. He deserves a shot 100%. Um, We also just lost our best DB in terms of free agency. I went to Broncos, Ronald Darby. So, so far, we're not looking too good. But hopefully, we'll pick up a good solid wide receiver in the draft. Hopefully, Jalen Waddle or something like that. Maybe get some picks. We'll see. Yeah, there's a there, you all got a lot of time left to improve your squad. Um, I saw yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. This would be the ninth team he started for, which would be an NFL record. Jeez. Quarterback. There's no way. <laughs> I don't want him to start. I just can't. I don't think he should start either, but I think it's going to help out Heineke a lot being being – Yes, you know, that's what I think guy. that they signed him for. And Fitzmagic, who he's he's been in some pretty big games. I mean, he started for yeah. a lot of teams, had a lot of experience. I don't think you can go wrong there, as you said, with the veteran presence. Yeah, and if yeah. and if you watch some of the mic'd up episodes this year with the Dolphins, he was very he was a very good mentor to to two type. Great leader, and he can even help like Chase Young and all those young oh, guys yeah. too. So exactly. it's not even limited to just Taylor Heineke, right? 
And 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 like you, you can't said, go wrong with signing a vet. It's exactly right. Espe- yeah, especially one of his caliber. Colton, what do you think about if y'all had kept Haskins, if Fitz would have been able to divert his path into a more positive direction? What do you think about that? So we gave Haskins a really – we gave him many opportunities. Um, there's just – working under Alex Smith, I still feel like he's a vet too. Right. So you could still develop under Alex Smith too. And especially obviously. Alex Smith coming back from that injury, mm-hmm. I feel like – Someone yeah. who's really – face some that's, real adversity that's a better that's what i was kind of confused on too why they would bring in fits whenever you know alex smith is gone now like you know i can see bringing in a vet but you necessarily don't really need a vet but i guess you can't go wrong with signing him i yeah i get that but, i i would i would honestly have alex smith before him as we said real adversity exactly. in life he's and, went through everything yeah, bro. life-threatening like, just, injury infections coming back playing the game he loves haskins we he's had so many shots and every single time, um, the dude has more career interceptions than touchdown passes. And it's not like we have a bad receiving core. Our receiving core isn't that bad. Scary, we have scary. a good line, too. There's some things that he's just going to have to develop with. And being under Mike Tomlin will help him out, too. And um, Big Ben. Sure, that'll get along. I think that's his best opportunity right now. But I just don't think Fitzmagic would really do anything for him. You're listening to Keep 100 Sports. I'm Jacob Cower. You can find me on Instagram at Jacob Cower, on Snapchat at Jacob Cower7, and on Twitter at Jacob Cower. And this is William Reed. You can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at William Reed III and on Twitter at William Reed03. And this is Colton. You can find me on Instagram at it's underscore Colton3. So moving into March Madness, first we're going to start off with Cinderella teams. You know, we're going to get in some, some teams that are some lower seeds, six and seven seeds that we really think could make a run and perhaps make a Final Four appearance, maybe. Because there has been a Final Four appearance from a seed five or worse in the last 11 tournaments. So William we'll loves that stat. I do love that stat. So first, we'll go with William. William, who's a sleeper team or Cinderella team that you have going that could upset, make the Final Four, or just go on a run? Well, I have a few I'd like to mention. A few. First, one of which would be the seventh-seeded UConn Huskies. James Knight is back. He's only played 14 games this year, but let me tell you something. This kid can go. He gets to the rim with ease. He gets fouled. He gets to the line. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a good slasher. He gets Obviously, he gets to the hoop. Um, this is a team that has a really good backcourt. Him uh, paired with R.J. Cole and Tyrese Martin. He has struggled with injuries, but if he can stay healthy, the Huskies can make a run. Sorry, I cut out. Did you say Jacob Cowart? No, I said... Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds like me, though. In our uh, pickup basketball games, man, I just want to let you know. I want to let everybody know that. And then another team I could see that is actually a double-digit seed would be that of Utah State. Um, this is a team that's beaten San Diego State twice. who's a 6 seed, who I also could see going on a run. Brock Miller can really shoot. They're a top-10 defense in the country. This is a team that you need to watch out for, and I think they will beat Texas Tech in the first round. So for me, I'm going to go with the 13-seed Ohio behind Jason Preston. That kid's got a cool story, put his highlights out on Twitter, and got an offer from Ohio. I think that they could give UVA a run for their money. And as William said, UConn already. And another team I really like, I don't really know why I like them. Sometimes you get that feeling, you no, know what I'm saying? It. It's number 12-seed UC Santa Barbara, bro. I got like an interesting feeling. No, I get it. I mean, they're great from deep. They're very efficient. Ja'Cory McLaughlin is a really good scorer. I could really see them getting Creighton and maybe advancing to the Sweet 16. Yeah, because Creighton's been on a little bit of a skid lately. Georgetown came out. They got hot. They might be another team to look for, too. They're hot right now. Got Patrick Ewing as the coach. That's a great hey, story. You never know, man. I don't think this is going to happen, but a Cinderella team that could upset a pretty a pretty big upset will be Abel Christian. 
You're going to steal my upset pick. That's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) No, I get it. I understand. Abilene Christian, they forced turnovers. They forced 16 against Texas Tech. Their opponents commit turnovers on a quarter of their possessions. They shot almost 40% from three. And they're very experienced. I believe seven of their star, seven of their um, players in the rotation are juniors or better. They are they they trade good shots for great shots. I really could see them making a run against Texas. We've brought along a special guest, four and a half star kicker. <laughs> what are you laughing? What's so funny, Jacob? I I, I, I just so don't. Funny. The four and a half star just doesn't roll off the tongue, Cooper. <laughs> so Cooper West, Alfredo's newest kicker. He is our March Madness helper. He's gonna help us pick some games, tell us some upsets. And I got you with one more. This is going to happen. There's no if, and, or buts, whatever. Colgate will be Arkansas. Oh, you took mine. Arkansas. You took mine, dude. They are both, not They play the same way. Arkansas and Colgate both get their buckets in transition. Arkansas goes cold. Colgate has a good day. I think Colgate wins that game. I think Colgate has round of 32 potential. But a team that has more potential than that, in my opinion, is LSU. That's a really good team with some serious ballers on that team. And they took Alabama to the wire. They yeah, missed they- a tip-in at the buzzer that would have won them the SEC championship and probably pushed them up to around the six line, maybe even the five line. I just, I really like what they have to offer. They have Trenton Watford, who dropped 30 points this weekend. I- I'm really sold on it. And then, you know, in the second round, I mean, assuming that Michigan can beat a 16 seed, they have a chance to be Michigan without Isaiah Livers. I mean, Isaiah Livers is the X factor in that Michigan offense. I really think LSU will match up well against them. If they can get out of that first game, I really think LSU has a shot to make a run in this thing. I like this guy. <laughs> you should have seen it. Colton's over here, like, nodding his head, Smiling. like, talk I to me, boy. boy. We have such a talented ball team, man. We could honestly think we could take Michigan. Um, obviously, it'll be tough, but like you said, Alabama down to the wire. It's just a tip in. It's just Trenton Watford had 30 points, and then don't forget about Cameron Thomas. Mm. 22.6 points per game, shooting 40% from the field. He can play. He's actually from Oak Hill, too. So. And that Alabama game this weekend, the Alabama-LSU game, there were guys just going down there, pulling up from 25, Everywhere. 30 feet. <laughs> I mean, it was just all over the place. Every shot was going in. I, I thought I was watching an NBA game. It was crazy. The confidence, that's another thing. No, I agree with you. I do think LSU has the potential to make a run. Their defense does concern me. They've been very inconsistent yeah. on that side of the ball. If they're going to have to make a run, they're going to need to put up a bunch of points, especially when you get to teams like Michigan. Javante Smart can really stroke it from three. I do like this team. We'll see. I will know in the first 10 minutes of Michigan's 116 game if they're legit without livers. My question in that round of 32 potential matchup with LSU is can they contain Hunter Dickinson? I mean, he is a force in the paint. I'm a Michigan State fan, so obviously there's going to be some Big Ten bias, but there's also going to be some hate for Michigan. And Hunter Dickinson, as much as I hate to say it, he tore us up. They're going to have to win the board game for sure. That's another thing. They're just going to have to box out and get boards. Um, If we just keep allowing offensive rebounds, they're going to get quick, easy points. And like you said, we got our defense struggles at times, and we're just going to have to outscore opponents, and we can't do that if we just keep allowing offensive rebounds. And this is unbiased. I think Michigan State will either lose to UCLA or they will make the Sweet 16. With the way they've been playing, I mean, that's three top five wins in the last three weeks. No other team this in the entire country has more than one win versus a top five team. And if we can play to the way that we are capable of, I think we're capable of beating teams like Texas. But if we don't, I could see that UCLA game being a trap game. Speaking of the UCLA game, how do you feel about how they had to get the playing game? Syracuse takes that last 11 seed. In which Syracuse plays San Diego State, how do you feel about Michigan State not getting that last seed? I think it's an absolute joke. Syracuse is a team that had one top 25 win the entire year and went 15 and 11 in a below average 
ACC compared to other years. You know, Michigan State has three marquee wins that no one else in the country does. After the selection show, the committee chair actually went on and had an interview, and he said, I'm really looking forward to this UCLA-Michigan State game. I'm sure the viewers will love it, which kind of makes me raise the question, why did he schedule that UCLA versus Michigan State game? And I think the answer is because he knows people will tune in as compared to, you know, some of the other playing games. I think it's a publicity stunt. I think it's a joke. And Jay Billis agrees with me. Colt, give us your Cinderella teams. So obviously LSU is one of them. I'm going to have to go with Georgetown and Texas Tech. I Um, like Georgetown. Georgetown's hot. I like Georgetown. I absolutely saw them cream Creighton. Then they've also beat Villanova. And then they also beat Seton Hall. I think they could beat Florida State. They'll just have to get past the first round. Still think they could beat Colorado too. Texas Tech, Mac McClung, he's from right up the road, bro. I'm going to have to go with my boy. He's averaging 15.7 a game. Um, They lost to Kansas by one point. Uh, They also lost to Oklahoma State in overtime twice and lost to West Virginia by one point. All those games could have gone either way. I think they got a good shot. Interesting fact about Georgetown. I think one of the reasons for their slow start, I mean, they had a really bad conference season, but they were actually one of the last teams to start practicing with all the corona going on. And so I think that may be a little bit as to the uh, fire that they've kind of caught towards the end because they finally started to find their flow. William and Coop will tell you, I've been high on Georgetown. Ever since they won the conference tournament, I think they could beat Colorado and, you know, play with a good Florida State team, too. And now I'm going to give my long shot upset pick. This is a pick that you're not going to put your house on, but it's a game to look at. And that's going to be Oral Roberts against Ohio State. Let me Moving let me, on. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me clarify. They have the number one scorer in the nation, Max Obmas. He's averaging 24 points a game. He's hit the 40 mark twice. That's what you need in these upset games. You need a guy that's going to go get a bucket when he needs to get a bucket. They let it fly from deep. They're going to shoot a bunch of threes, and they're going to make most of them. They're one of the best free throw shooters in the country, so they can really close out games. Ohio State does not have a player over 6'7". I could see Oral Roberts keeping this close. Two-word rebuttal, Dwayne Washington, absolute stud. So he scores when he wants, and so does EJ Liddell. This sounds like more than Listen, two words. I'm not saying I'm not <laughs> saying that it's going to happen. I'm saying it's a game that you need to watch because the Golden Eagles are going to keep it close with Max Amos. Teams that we think are a bit overrated. I'll start. I'm going to go with Texas Tech. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Colt. I don't think the Texas Tech is that good. I think they're okay. Another one I'll go with is Gonzaga. Gonzaga Shut up. has Shut played up. Shut up. no they one. They played no one. Hey, as we talked about, no the Juco Conference. Hold on. They beat <laughs> Iowa by 11. They beat Kansas by 12. They beat Virginia by 20. They beat BYU, who's in the tournament as a 63 times, and they also beat West Virginia. This That's is, a, that that like is a two seed, a three seed, uh, a five seed, a six seed, and a three seed. They played plenty. I in just, the early season. Facts. When and these teams hadn't gotten their flow yet. Exactly. What's the what? Wh- and neither did they. they Who's to say they game. haven't improved? I don't know, man. Who's I mean, I don't know improved. about you, but when Island Suggs like, is a ball player. When I play against a bunch of six-two uh, centers, which is pretty much what they have in their division. Jalen's okay. I mean, it's not exactly the most loaded division. I don't know. The it's not is, about the division. It's about the teams that they have played and the teams that they've beat by twenty points. I'm agreeing with Cooper, man. I'm sorry. They, they annihilated a Virginia team. That is uh, that is historically. A a really well-coached team. Hey, what was the first word in that sentence? What? Historically. They are still a very well-coached team. Historically. Historically. Are you going to sit here and tell me that Virginia isn't a very well-coached team? I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying it's not the same as past years, man. They have the same coach they had two years oh, ago not, when they won the I'm national not saying, title. I'm just saying not the same team. Everything's exactly. different about this year. They're in a bubble. Exactly. Does that change the coaching? Does that change the head coach of Virginia? Doesn't change the head coach. <laughs> it does but not. Hey, but the team, have, it's not the same, man. It's not, not the same but, atmosphere. But it's a, but as a coach, you will have your team ready, especially for a play, for 
for a team like Gonzaga, who has players who, who are going to go to the NBA draft and going to be lottery picks, and Jalen Suggs, they're top 20. Jeez, they, they have the best field to goal percentage. Seriously. What? Disrespect to Corey Kispert. Oh. But, you know, this is why I say, man, as Cooper said, in the late runs, they haven't played no one. They played no one. I've literally named five teams that are top five seeds. Which is in the first part of the season, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not saying they're not good. I just think they're a little overrated, and we'll see. We will see. Exactly. The only time will tell. Exactly. Time we will tell. You might look we like a see. genius. We'll see. You might. We shall see. But this is a sports podcast, man. I'm allowed to have my opinions, you're William. Out, and you're allowed to be wrong, too. No, no, no. I'm allowed to have... You're allowed to have your incorrect my, opinions. My correct opinion. All right. And the last team I'll give you is Villanova. Villanova's going to get beat in the first no, they round. Are. Colin Gillespie was the heart and soul of their team. And without him, I think that it's kind of a wash. Don't get me wrong. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a good player. He will have a good NBA career. But I do think that Winthrop will win that game. One team, and a lot of people are going to, you know, give me a little crap about this. But my overrated team would probably be Kansas. And, you know, that's my mom's alma mater. I'm a big, you know... I like Kansas. I like their program. But, you know, it's not the same Kansas team as years past. They lost their two leading scores from last year. They don't have Azabuki to rely on in the tournament like they have in the past years. This Kansas team is not the same team. They're a less mature team. They're big. David McCormick, he's a good player. That potential USC matchup with Evan Mobley in the round of 32 could potentially cause problems. And then the Sweet 16 is their ceiling. If they have to match up with Iowa, no one can handle Luka Garza in the country. And I guarantee you no one can handle Luka Garza on Kansas. No, I'd have to agree with that. This is team that's lost to Gonzaga lost to Tennessee by 20 points uh they've really they lost to Texas twice this is a team that's really showed their inexperience um and I'd have to agree with Cooper on this one Colt let's hear it all right you guys might not like this one my overrated team is Iowa so no chance I've seen Iowa I can see it but whenever I watch them play they struggled to shoot the ball sometimes they don't keep teams off the glass I got the Illinois stats they got out rebounded did not have as many assists blocks steals they had more turnovers, and they had more personal fouls. In the long run, against a really good Illinois team. I really don't know if they're going to go as far as everyone thinks. Luca Garza can only carry him so far. There's two ways to stop him. It's get him in foul trouble or isolate him off of screens. When he gets screened, he tends to really struggle. If you game plan really well for Iowa, I think that's the only chance you have to win. But I, I don't think you're going to see a random team beat Iowa. I think you're going to see a team with a really long, historically good coach that would beat Iowa. But honestly, in my opinion, I think Luca Garza is by far the best. Best player in the country and I just don't see him getting beat until around the final four I can see it Colton it's kind of the same thing as Gonzaga as I was saying earlier good team but I can see them go the other way too comparing Gonzaga and Iowa with the conference that Gonzaga played in and the conference that Iowa played in I mean Luca Garza has been going up against real opponents the entire year <laughs> and I think Gonzaga has been doing quite the opposite so personally I think comparing Iowa and Gonzaga's a little bit of a reach. Beat Do we have short-term memory loss? Gonzaga, Gonzaga beat, beat Iowa <laughs> by 10. Come on now. Iowa's a good team. Luka is a good player. They have a good <laughs> overall team. They're very well balanced. They have a lot of guys that are going to trade the good shot for the great shot. But, but let's not pretend like Gonzaga did not beat them pretty handily. Iowa's a different team than they were I, in that game. I just don't see it, bro. Like, they're going to go to the Sweet 16. Who beats them in the Sweet 16, though, in your opinion? Is it Kansas? I just, yes, I think Kansas could get them. And either way, if they get to, to Gonzaga, you already know what's going to happen. So. It is difficult to beat a team twice in a single year, but I do agree. In a certain way, I do think that especially if they get USC, they draw Evan Mobley, who's a really a force in the paint. I could really see them going down them, too. Yeah, I see more of a threat with USC mm -hmm. towards Iowa than I do with Kansas.
with a with a coming off an injury, the Kansas City center coming off an injury, I really think Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley could potentially give Kansas City center David McCormick the work, and maybe even Luca Garza, even though I don't see that happening. Hey, you know who's another team that I could really see? I could see giving Iowa some trouble. Don't get me wrong, they're not going to beat them, but they're going to hang around in the first half, three quarters, and that's Grand Canyon. As Bjorn Midgard, I think he's a big Eastern European kid, seven foot tall. And he is, he's, he's going to wreak some havoc. He's averaged like 14 and 8. He's a good player. Moving on to the most important part of the show, the final four. We're going to give you our final four and our national champions. William, you're going first right out the gate so I can critique you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So here are my final four picks. It's going to be Gonzaga, the number one overall seed. It's going to be Baylor, also a number one seed. And then I do have Cade Cunningham and the Oklahoma State Cowboys coming out of their region. And then here's my sleeper pick. Like I said, I mentioned before, a team that is a fifth seed or lower has made the final four in the last 11 tournaments and my pick this year is going to be the seventh-seeded UConn Huskies, led by James Unite. He's obviously a great player. He's going to have an he's going to have an illustrious NBA career. He's a real difference maker for UConn when he's on the court. If he can stay healthy and if he can play well, UConn can really go on a run. My final four picks: I do have Gonzaga beating UConn in their final four game. I do think the magic runs out there. Gonzaga's too good. They're too efficient. They get a shot up every 14 seconds. I think that really hurts UConn. And then on the other side, I do have Oklahoma State beating Baylor, which they did in the Big 12 tournament. Baylor beat them twice before that. But hey, Oklahoma State's a different team. They're very scrappy, other than Cade Cunningham. What, I, I'm allowed to say that, okay? Don't, don't, listen, don't. <laughs> They're right. a different team. Different. It's a different... It's no one else in the country is a different team, but let me tell you, these guys are I, different. Just because they're different doesn't mean I... I wasn't saying that Iowa wasn't a different team. I was just saying that I, I like do... I that's th- what you did say. I feel like exactly no, 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 no. what you said. No, no, no. I Cole, said, what do you think? I, I think that's exactly it. what he said. Hold on. Colton, that was on your side. I don't want to hear you coming in on this. Listen. All right. You were on my side. I do think I... Thank you. They're, they're, they're scrappy. They play well together. They have some guys that are really going to play hard. They're going to go for those loose balls. I do have Oklahoma State beating Baylor in that ground, but then I do think that Gonzaga's overall talent, their overall, they play well together. I do think Jalen Suggs leads that team to a national championship, and they do become the first number one overall seed to win the national championship. And, oh wait, I can't say that. That's the uh, question of the day. I mean, Cade Cunningham is an absolute special talent. I think he's a He's going to be the number one overall pick, and I really do think he's a great player. But I really don't think that Kate Cunningham will be able to overcome the two-headed monster that is Illinois and Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn. Uh, as someone who watched them tw- uh, multiple times this year in Big Ten play, Kofi Coburn is a force to be reckoned with down in the paint, and Io DeSumo is an absolute playmaker. Michigan State had to break his nose in order to stop him and get a win against him. I think Kate Cunningham is a really good player, but I don't think they get over Illinois. Colt, go ahead. For my final four, I got Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. Like, it's just all number one seeds except Oklahoma State. I think that they'll beat Illinois. Kate Cunningham's a beast, bro. You think Michigan can get through their region without Isaiah Livers? I think they could. Really comes down to that Alabama game. Alabama or Texas. Alabama and Texas will both be playing each other. What about LSU? I thought that was the game. Hey, I want to go with it, bro. I really do. I really want to. It's just I don't think they're going to go all that far. <laughs> I can't even. I, I can't talk. I was raised to hate Michigan. <laughs> I'm going to be screaming at my TV the whole day, but it's so hard to bet against Michigan. To me, it comes down to that Alabama. Alabama and Texas game. They're either going to be playing Alabama or Texas, not UConn. No, you're right. They're not going to play UConn. That's because they're going to lose to Florida State in the Sweet 16. Because they're going to lose to LSU. (laughs) (laughs) I know Jacob agrees with me, and I bet William does too. That Oklahoma State-Illinois game is going to be 
a really good it's, game. It's going to be a born yeah. burner. I mean, I'm, I think that's going to have some Virginia-Auburn type of vibes mm. with it from 2019. That's going to be a great game. All righty. I got Iowa, Florida State. I like William that William said, what did you say? What's your favorite stat? Give it to me again. A number five seed or lower has made the final four in every single. Uh, see, I'm going with a number 11. four seed. Yeah. So <laughs> Iowa, Florida State. I got Iowa coming out on top of that one. But I like Florida State. They got a lot of guys that can play. They got some athletes. Scotty Barnes is a sixth man, and that says a lot about mm-hmm. their roster. Then I got Baylor versus Illinois. On the other side, I got Baylor beating Ohio State in the Elite Eight and Illinois beating Houston. I like Houston a lot, but I think that Illinois is just too talented. As Cooper said, that two-headed monster is ferocious. And then in the championship, I got Illinois over Iowa. Illinois wins it. Stole my whole national championship flow. I'm sorry, man. You were right. I don't usually agree with anyone. I mean, for me, I've got Iowa. I've got Bama because I'm really sold on that Bama team after watching them grind that game out over the weekend with LSU. I'm sold on that Bama team. As much as living in the South, surrounded by Bama fans and Georgia fans, but mainly Bama fans, you know, you see a lot of talk about football, but when they become a basketball school, that's that's when the fans start to get... They're also a baseball school now, too, so... That's when the fans get more obnoxious than the Bulldogs. Facts. Yeah. So I've got Baylor versus Illinois. I think that Illinois, I, I really just don't see anyone, except potentially Luca Garza in the championship, containing Kofi Coburn. And then I have Iowa over Bama. I just really am sold on Luca Garza. I've watched him for two years. He's a really good player. But then in the national championship... Illinois carries this momentum as we've seen teams from Illinois before Loyola Chicago and wins the national championship which is really weird for me to say because Illinois is a very new team to relevancy especially in the Big Ten which is such a loaded conference but I'm sold on it I think that that Illinois Iowa game could be a toss-up but I'm gonna go with Illinois in the national championship a game I like a lot is gonna be that Alabama Florida State game I was struggling because I had Bama up there first if we if I would have put Bama we would have the same thing just you know gotta put the four seed in there can't just be one two one one no I get I like the four seed. Yeah, Alabama's all about tempo, all about getting buckets in transition. I do like that squad. I do think that James Wignight is too much for them. I do think that UConn pulls the upset. Another game. Start a fan page. For I UConn. should. I should. UConn and Utah State. Those are my two teams. Another game I am looking forward to is that Baylor Purdue game. They're going to dominate the paint. No one's going to beat them in the paint. No one's going to beat them down low. I'm interested to see how they do against Baylor. Zach Eady, seven four. Never seen him smile. <laughs> That's scary. (laughs) Played Michigan State, did not smile once. And now, it's time for you, William. It's your time to shine. I already did mine. Question of the day. Oh! I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me. Gonzaga will aim to be the first number one overall seed to win the national title in quite some time. When was the last time a number one overall seed won the title? Was it A, 1976 Indiana, led by Bobby Knight, also the last team to go undefeated? Was it B, 2013 Louisville, led by Rick Pitino? Was it C, 2019 Virginia, Kyle Guy? Or was it D, 2012 Kentucky? 30 seconds. I already know. I know it wasn't 2019 Virginia because Duke was the number one overall seed that year, and I remember that because Michigan State should have been a one seed, and instead we got placed in the hardest region as a two seed and still beat duke go green but and i don't think it was so long ago as to the indiana team but i also don't think it was that kentucky team. it wasn't kentucky it wasn't i heard you guys talking about it before (laughs) that's the reason that i don't think it was that kentucky team but i'm gonna have to go with 2013 louisville i picked against him last week i'm gonna have to go with uh the legendary coach in indiana that's what i was gonna go with indiana well 
Cooper, you were correct. Ha ha, let's go. 2013 I picked Louisville for him. Took and down just, Michigan in the national championship. Became the first number one overall seed to do it. That's been eight years ago. I really just didn't think it was 35 years ago last time that our number one overall seed yeah. won it all. It's been a while, though. You're listening to Keep 100 Sports. Thank you, Cooper, for coming on with us. Had a great time. Y'all share it for us. Listen, come back next week. Thank you.